Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. The information contained within the following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All opinions, views, statements, and cuss words are those of the panelists and do not represent any business, nonprofit organization, deity, demigod, or government institutions. Listener discretion is very much advised. Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, and uh, you've got me and Jeff in your ear. So this is the Utah Outcast in your ears once again. Uh, we are a semi-weekly podcast focused on uncensored, liberal, and unabashedly atheist content based in the grand state of Utah, aka the land of Zion. I, uh, this is your weekly features portion of the show where we can bring you some of the you know less time-sensitive content that we've built up over the week. Uh, I'm your host, and joining me for the segment this week, like I said, is uh, Jeff Linville. So welcome, sir. Welcome back. Oh, we, I we love lost, being uh, here. We lost Felicia and Kyle in the in the fray in the fracas. <laughs> and, boom, boom. Yeah. So uh, we're going to jump into our first segment of the week, and I am going to make it up to you guys by bringing you the game. So here we go. I've noticed in making the games for the show and putting them up on YouTube and all the the fun that comes from all that extra work uh, that the one that the ones that people seem to come to the most are the ones where it involves the LDS church because fuckers be wacky yo <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can't think of anything better to say about the LDS church than that because I mean most religions are just weird and wacky anyway so I mean it doesn't really do any good to you know point one out over the other but at the same time they are kind of wacky and so yeah, and, I, and I, we're I, only second to uh, Scientology so there you go I went out to, let's see, where, where did I get all this stuff from? I got it from the LDS, um, the actual LDS website. I, I've come up with better words for it, but I can't do that. But it's LDS.org, whatever the fuck it is. And <laughs> I grabbed a whole bunch of facts, you know, quote unquote facts that they like to put out there. And, you know, they probably are from a certain point of view, as Obi-Wan would say, you know. They are mainly based on church stats, figures, and quote-unquote go figures. And I just I found a whole bunch of bullet points, and I'm like, well, if I remove a word from here and make up my own funny little answers to them, I think a lot of people would appreciate that. So, Jeff, here we go. First question for you. Oh, let's do it. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was the first post-New Testament church that had actually had the name Jesus Christ in its title. Up to then... Every Christian church was named after a blank, and here's your multiple choice answers, <laughs> a man or religious movement, B, partridge in a pear tree, oh. C, fat man and little boy, uh, oh. D, pedophile or bigot. <laughs> so to put that in context, up to then, every Christian church was named after a partridge in a pear tree, 
a fat man and a little boy, a pedophile or a bigot, or a man in a religious movement? <laughs> that is a tough... Oh, man. Because knowing the history of the church, this is a tough answer, but I'll go with A. Yeah, you are correct. And here's, here's for all you people playing at home, the answer's always A. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff totally didn't hear that there. So here's the next bullet point that we have out there. Uh, there have been blank prophets and blank apostles since the Restoration. And to explain to people what the, the Restoration is, the Restoration of the Church of Christ uh, on Earth, and that's when Joseph Smith was revealed all the stuff, and you know you had the close encounter of the third kind, and there was the praying with the stone tablet, no, not a stone tablet, there are the brass plates and the, the, the spiritually reading them through a rock and a hat and all that fun stuff, and so anyway, blank prophets and blank apostles. You have 16 prophets and 16 apostles. Do you have no prophets and no apostles? Do you have people that claim to be prophets and people who claim to be apostles since the Restoration? Or do you have D, there have been false prophets and faking rich-ass old white dudes claiming to be apostles since the Restoration? <laughs> Okay, I I have a I have a I'm a bit biased on this scene. <laughs> exactly. I have an inclination to choose D. Yeah. However, um A seems more appropriate given the uh, circumstance of the uh, question. But uh let's go with A. Yeah, you are correct. So there have been 16 leaders of the LDS church that have stepped up and don't they all die in office? Don't aren't they supposed to all die in office, or, or do some of them actually step down? Uh, no, they die. Okay, yeah. So there you go, leader for life and afterlife, apparently. Except, have you seen the picture of them where they're like all within the like near the celestial room, and like they're all lined up wearing their white temple clothing, but yet like they're all still really old as shit, and it's like, uh, you know that's that's kind of creepy. <laughs> You know, I, I, I've learned from a young age that when you die and go to heaven, you are represented in heaven of the most perfect uh, version. Version, and I'm using that in quotations, even finger quotations. Yeah. The most perfect version of what you should be or have been or will be, depending on when you've uh, bought the farm. Yeah. Um. So why are all of the prophets depicted as old ass men that have been um the the leader of the the church corporation oh um, excuse me the church uh as a whole why, why is that why they're old ass men why are they always what we recognize from media oh my gosh fake media but why are we old media um uh old people recognizing them how they look and not when they were in their sexual or physical or mental prime, because I have a, a sneaking suspicion that none of them were in their prime when they're in their eighties plus, you know, it was in their prime in the eighties plus for sexual stuff. Remember Jackal? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I started thinking of the fucking chainsaw that was used in fucking rock band's music. 
Oh, I'm gonna be. I know Our what I'm listening to. to. Jackal, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I need to write that down. Jackal. <laughs> My wife can speak to Jackal like no other person I've never come across. <laughs> oh man. That's like my favorite band is Air Supply. It's like no, no, I love Night Ranger. I fucking love them. X, you're an asshole because those are amazing. Listen, I totally love Love and Rockets. I just I love them. Oh them. my gosh, my favorite band is Scritty Politty. I need a minute. Sir Thomas Dolby. Oh man! Actually, he's really <laughs> fucking good. I actually, give him credit. He's a really good composer. Uh, let's exactly. see. He's blinded me with science. Yeah, new wave. Uh, sorry, new wave still lives on pretty fucking heavily here in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. How about the next one here? The original printing of the Book of Mormon consisted of five thousand copies. Since eighteen thirty, when the book was first published. 150 million copies have been printed in 107 different languages as of August 2008. So they need to update their website for one here. Uh, in 2005 alone, 4,621,515 were distributed. Of which, how many have been kept? Actually, I think this is a. I, this one didn't actually have a uh, a thing that I took out of it, so I just added the <laughs> of which how many were kept at the end of it. So I made up all these figures. So it's not A. So actually A would work because A is hardly any of them. Because honestly, <laughs> the, I didn't keep it, like either of the four copies that I've been given. Um, how about B? Seriously though, the paper does not make good rolling papers. Um, C. There there is no answer. But stats show that it's on a decline. Or D. The Mormon Church thinks handing out books solves problems rather than, you know, solving problems. Yeah, so is this the all of the above? Yeah, that should have put an E Question? all of the above in here. Yeah. This one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it just gives us a way for us to talk shit about the Mormon Church in a, in a, a creative way. And honestly, I live it. The, I live the, in the Mecca, so I'm the, good. I'm the good. giveaway copies are just shit. I mean, they 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 like to think they're this great book and stuff, but it, it is not a great book. And the the I mean, if I had like one of the big print ones, like the the ones where it's like five inches thick with leather bound and stuff like that, I'd probably keep it. I'd read through it and stuff. I mean, it'd be interesting to look at every once in a while. But the thing is, when you give me one of the uh, the the onion papers ones, I'm like, no, I'm not going to keep this shit. No one's going to go. And flip through this and play scripture chase. It's just not going to happen. And it's, you know, it's uh, it's along the same lines of someone says, "Look how amazing this movie or this song or this book." Well, I think I'll back off on the book one, but <laughs> this amazing song or book. Look how awesome this is, and you you participate. You fully say, "Okay, I I, I respect this person. I'll take it in. I'll do it." I I can be in their shoes. I can empathize with this, and I'll 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 look at their uh, preference, and then you get about uh, fifteen seconds in, and you're like, "Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is bad. And why am I reading this? <laughs> this is why. Why am I doing this? You know, why why am I listening to uh, Mumford and Sons? This is this is sick. This is <laughs> gross. 
Uh, Shots so, fired. Shots yeah. fired. It's the same. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I actually don't like back even a thing. I don't so, like Mumford and Sons either. <laughs> uh, so I will, I will I. knife fight anybody that doesn't like a Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats, though. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I it just, you know, and that's not. You know, it's a, to anybody that's listening, it's not a it's not a hipster thing because he's actually really good. So it's, yeah, it's one of the one of the best like rockabilly albums I've heard in years. It's amazing. Uh, let's right. see. I do have a I, Go ahead. I do have a hipster side, and uh, I had no idea. He, I just thought they were. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and right. and uh, um, yeah, it's great. So continue and. Yeah. Uh, Egbert B. Grandin was 23 years old when he published the Book of Mormon. He's the guy that originally published it. Grandin rejected outright Joseph Smith's first request to publish the the Book of Mormon. The translation is what they called it here. I just added that. So because he thought it was blank. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Okay, let me let me finish. I, I left that. I actually left it in the, the test here. It's not going to sound very good. So, uh, request to pu- publish the translation because he thought it was thought it blank. After he found out Joseph was getting it published anyway, he relented but charged Joseph an exorbitant three thousand dollars up front for five thousand copies. And they do the math here for you to know. It's like to give you an idea of how steep this amount was. If Grandin were publishing it today, the upfront cost would be $65,000. Like, to make 5,000 copies, that's... You can sell them for what? Let's see, 65 divided by 5. So, if you sold the books by, like, $13, you know, you would you would still be able to turn a profit. If you sold it for $14, you'd make $5,000 off of it. Fucking idiots. But you don't want to give their, their whole business model of giving away free books so I can burn them. It just it doesn't seem very smart to me. Uh, so he he cut he he re, he rejected the request because he thought it was a a fraud and wouldn't stand to make any money off of it. B needed a few more revisions because especially that boring as shit section with the olive trees was C. <laughs> Refused to publish it because it was Novocaine in print form. Or was it D, full of plagiarism, since the story of people being here from lost tribes was a trope even then, and that he lifted way too many words from the King James Version of the Bible. I mean, honestly, he should have just changed a couple of names around with his fucking press that he had with the Bible, you know, because they still printed Bibles back then. Let's just go ahead and take whole cloth, whole fucking slates of pages. Let's go ahead and do that. (laughs) So did you, uh, did you collect these from somewhere or did you come up with these? No, these, (laughs) these all came out of my head, (laughs) except Novocaine in print form. I think that's a Samuel Clemens one. I'm not gonna lie though, man. That part with the olive trees I fucking kills even, me. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously it's a, but oh, yeah, <laughs> he thought he wasn't gonna make you... any money. I, I added the fraud. <laughs> no, actually, he did think it was a fraud. 
No, you didn't. No, you didn't add that. You he, may have added actually, the uh, word, but you didn't add the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> and he thought he wasn't going to make any money off yes. of it. And to be honest, I would ask up front from people that had constantly left behind them in their wake. I, I, if people have studied early church history, he Joseph Smith or left any. a lot of bills <laughs> that were went unpaid. He did the whole uh, L. Ron Hubbard thing where. He would rack up stuff and never pay for it. He did the Trump thing. You know? Like, oh, I guess I'm being ridden out of town now again because I I didn't pay my debts. How about that? Are you saying there's parallels? No, Damn there's you. totally Next. not Damn parallels. You. All right, let's see the next one that we have here. The original translated Book of Mormon manuscript done by Oliver Cowdery didn't have any blank. John H. Gilbert... <laughs> who is Grandin's chief compositor, the guy at the, the printing press, spent his evenings adding them all in by hand for the printing. So it's A, <laughs> it didn't have any punctua punctuation or capitalization because Cowdery and Smith were full of shit and just dropping mushrooms and making this shit up on the fly. Uh, B, it didn't have any good stories. Uh, C, it didn't have any page numbers. That's why it felt like a hastily crafted piece of shit. Or D, flow. It was lacking any flow. I mean, honestly, who asks Nephi and Lehi to do the there and back thing so many fucking times in one book? Go read it. I mean, you like, know, first and second my... Nephi, he, he asks them to go where they came from to get the plates, bring them with them, go back again. And go back again here and go do this, go that, go that. Like they went back and forth between Bountiful and wherever the fuck he went, you know, like three times, four times. And back then, like a distance of like 40 or 50 miles, or no, I think it was like 300 miles. And he made them do it like in a, like two days. It's like, that's bullshit, even by then standards. <laughs> you know, it, and my Mormon, my Mormon podcast will really help, help you out with that. If you have any, uh, <laughs> questions about that but anyway um See what, later. <laughs> uh, so the answer yeah, exactly so uh the answer to this is uh how many uh things can we put in 140 characters <laughs> you're correct it was missing all punctualization and capitalization <laughs> hey that was a throwback <laughs> not not even necessary a throw a, a two-day throwback to our uh potus yeah so, exactly. uh, number 45 uh go yeah, I, well, the thing is like if you leave out capitalization that doesn't um save you any space on tweets i don't know why people don't try just try 140 is plenty it, it's caused me to rethink how i you know communicate with people because i'm like what's a more concise way of saying this <laughs> instead of going and big flowery language like Wait, there's a word that I can use that means five words. It's like I can do that, but too bad. They, even if you're wrong, or even yeah. learning, people will say, "You know what? You're wrong. Here it is. Let's <laughs> correct it." And then there's other people that are like, "Oh no, dude, you're totally inept in Englishing. So <laughs> uh, go fuck yourself." So it, it's no wonder why the guy thought this whole thing was going to be a forgery and bullshit because there was no capitalization or punctuation in the fucking book and a manuscript. You don't deliver that to the fucking book printer and be like, hey, can you add all the shit in here for me? I don't know what I'm doing. 
no, you bring us something. That's why he probably charges so much. He's like, here, have your crazy as fuck books and get out of here. <laughs> All right, next one. It took eight men and boys working 12 hours a day, six days a week for almost eight months to blank. A, print the original 5,000 copies of the Book of Mormon. B, get Joseph Smith to bust a nut. <laughs> C, make polyjuice potion. Or D, prepare the sacrament. Because let's face it, it was the 1800s. Nothing was fucking easy back then. Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, con- e, block all liquor laws in Utah? No, it's A. <laughs> Yeah, it has to be. I mean, just context tells us that's the that's the whole case here. Right. Uh, man, that, that's just that eight men and boys working 12 hours a day, six days a week for almost eight months to get Joseph's busted nut. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the dude just has no sensitivity down there anymore. <laughs> it's all syphilitic and broke. I have a feeling. He, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He busted nuts more than anything I've ever thought about. All right. In 1830. The Book of Mormon was sold for blank per copy to cover the cost of the printing. And I'll, re- I'll go get some more history in here in a second. So is it A, six cents? B, you fucking idiots did the math completely wrong. 5,000 copies for $3,000 comes out to 60 cents, not six cents, you dummies. Uh, and let's see. <laughs> it was sold for three blowjobs <laughs> or d all your money and i think there's two right answers on this well three of them actually <laughs> four if you include you know if you're a female parishioner because <laughs> I, I haven't heard of joe like the boys or not i'm not sure and i'm not going to shame him if he did but you know i would i would give him shit if he talked crap on gay people and he's like i like the dick too <laughs> You know what? This is a really hard fun. Man, this is hard to answer because, like you said, <laughs> they work. <laughs> there's, some, there's some preferences in here that I really don't mind having preferences, but uh, I'm gonna go with A. Yeah, it is A because an original printing of the Book of Mormon sold at Swan Auction Galleries in New York, New York, on March 22nd, 2007, for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Plus, 20% buyer's premium, bringing the selling price to $180,000. But then again, you can always get a free copy from the missionaries. Go figure. (laughs) Ah, Fucking Mormons, I swear, man. But yeah, do the math for for yourself. Oh, you're still getting bad lag. Your internet sucks balls out there, dude. (laughs) I know it does. It's terrible. So three thousand dollars divided by five thousand copies. You just you can do the math really easy. I did it like three times last night just to make sure I wasn't seeing shit. So, <laughs> all right, let's see. In eighteen fifty one, this is the last one we have. Then we're gonna call it quits on this one. The Book of Mormon was translated and published in blank. This was the first modern non English translation of the Book of Mormon. So is it a Danish, because look at how many fucking surnames we've received from their first target. Uh, Jorgensen, Christensen, Johnson. You know what? Before we go even further, Johansson. I want to 
<laughs> I'm going to shout out to my brother-in-law, <laughs> okay. which is, is the most <laughs> Danish. Okay. Okay. This is a <laughs> very short, long story. So his name is, uh, he's got a very American first name, but his last name is Van Ecklenburg. <laughs> now his dad's name is Lambertus Christianus Van Ecklenburg. Jesus Christ, how, man. <laughs> how Danish could you get? You can only get more Danish if you name your kid Stroopwafel. Yeah, that's about the exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Shout okay, out to all my Danes. <laughs> oh, wait, no, those are Dutch, don't... not Danish. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, Dutch is right. Sorry. Dutch, wait, isn't the Dutch Danish? Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. In, don't put your finger in the dike. I just remember, uh, what's his name? Gold member. <laughs> Would you like a smoke and a pancake? <laughs> a smoke and a, a poke and a smoke, or yeah, uh, a bong and a blintz. <laughs> oh, the bong and a blintz. All right, let's see. Uh, this was the like we said, Danish, and we have B Spanish because we needed a whole lot of day laborers to build our huge granite buildings. Uh, C Portuguese because the general authorities like to go to carnival, or D British because it's a wholly different language. Did you know that they called sausages bangers? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh. How else do you describe them? <laughs> hey, all you listeners, I'm Robert. And I'm Amy from Secular Yakking. And we just wanted to let you know that if you've got 30 minutes to kill, then we're the podcast for you. We're just some old married couple who's been yakking at each other over the many years. And we thought we should start making it so you can listen in on our yakking. We dig past the mainstream and bring you the news that you may or may not have heard about. We take a look at politics, religion, science, and pretty much anything we feel like yakking about and sharing it with you. And let us not forget our weekly Mr. Potter Award. Now, we're not professionals on anything we talk about, but we love to yak about stuff and give you our opinion on the matter. So tune in at secularyacking.com or check out our feed on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere good podcasts can be heard. And who knows what craziness will happen. <laughs> yeah, just like this. All right, so joining us for the interview this weekend, uh, we've got Rob Ray, host of Secular Yacking, and joining him is his co-host, Amy. Sorry, I don't know the last name, Amy. I'm sure it's... I don't want to assume it'd be the last name of your husband, you know? Or It is. <laughs> oh, look, it's you guys, traditional couple. No. Aren't we, though? <laughs> yeah, you can't get much more traditional than us. Right? We even have two and a half kids, technically. Uh-huh. Oh, so, so completely nucle- nuclear. Yeah, not nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah, I was listening to your guys' uh, episode. And th- like I said, these are the guys from Secular Yacking. You should, really should go check out their show. Um I was listening to your guys' latest ep- one of your latest episodes, and you were talking about how gender roles just kind of fell upon you guys, even though you're completely the kind not to enforce that kind of thing. It just kind of happened. That's the way it happened to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of really odd, yeah. <laughs> but it works for us. Yeah, know? it does. <laughs> um, you know, because I've always been out there doing the work, and she's pretty much always been at home taking care of the kids. Well, it just worked out that way. I mean, we have three kids. Daycare was not in the cards because of how much that costs with three kids. Yeah, no shit. And so, (laughs) you know, stay-at-home moms, they're now older teenagers, and it just, it worked out that way. And and it's so odd because we're very 50-style, you know, (laughs) stay-at-home wife, working husband, blah, blah, blah. 
And yet we're nothing like that, like as far as outside of that, you know. No, we're not. We're we're pretty much uh activists who stand up for other people's right to live to however live the they want. Live, yeah. Yep. Uh my wife and I we we do the whole uh split thing where she works days, I work nights. So we're like ships oh, passing rough. in the night when it comes to the relationship, but the kids always have somebody around. So it's Yeah. We gotta do what we gotta do to make uh make ends meet in the in the world these days, really. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's difficult when you're a single income family, but oh, man, you make yeah. it work. Yeah, and I'm not looking forward to they they start like all year school in the fall. Like like I've oh. had little ones for the longest time, and so it's like I'm gonna drop them off in the morning and it's gonna be like, um okay, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to in a year and a half, no more school. Oh, That's yeah. right. Our oldest our oldest graduates this year and our twins will graduate next year. You guys have twins too. I have twins. That's, so that's why I say really? that's why I say we have two and a half kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, get one free. It it really is that way with twins too, especially if you're lucky enough for them to like each other. So like you kind of get them as a unit and so it's like one, one and a half. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. More so anyway, so when they were younger. Yeah, I'm sure they're mine are starting to get to that point. And sorry for you people that are not liking talking about families and stuff, but we just happen to be family people, and it's nice to meet other <laughs> folks that have twins and everything. Uh, yeah, but that's it, weird. it's it's really interesting that um like they're getting to that age where they want to have their individuality a little bit, and like it's like yep. five year five year old individuality. So it's like I want to be Harry Potter, you be Hermione, and it's like <laughs> it's really innocent right now, and I can just see it getting worse and worse as they get older and. Oh boy, yes, that's abs- going to be fun. Absorb it while you can, because it's lovely then. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really miss it, because as teenagers, oh my god, it just goes downhill after puberty. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need an insulated room to scream in, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. So the, the podcasting much. studio will be coming one of these days. <laughs> yeah, to put, well, you put them in the insulated room and you go about your business. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Rob, you're the uh, national director for the E Pluribus Unum, the the original motto project. And that's pretty damn cool because I was like, oh, that's what he does. I'm like, I'm like I've uh, I've paid attention to the organization and how it's been doing things. And I, I enjoy the fact that you guys are trying to get the in God we trust shit off of the back of cops cars because it's oh man, it's just face tearingly annoying to see that on the back of police cars. Like, oh and God you trust? Well, how about some justice? Can I have some justice? You know? Yeah. You you have no idea how annoying it actually is. Um because not only do do we oppose it, right? And we go to the, the sheriff or police department and tell them, hey, we oppose this. We also um uh inundate their Facebook posts. <laughs> yes and he gets banned often yes even though that's illegal by the way yeah i'm currently banned from seven sheriff departments and two police departments they from their facebook pages well i can't do anything because i'm not constituents oh i i have okay. no active um how do they put it i i don't have an active relationship with them locally right so if i lived anywhere near them i could sue them well but i be, don't just... <laughs> so so what do I have to do? Do I have to fly out there and like break something for me to have this relationship <laughs> with you guys? Or, <laughs> but you also hail from one of my favorite states in the Union, Washington. Um, I've been trying like crazy to get my wife to to move out to the Pacific Northwest for a long time, but she likes Utah a bit too much, and I I can't convince her otherwise. We we went for a trip in Seattle, and I I fell in love. I love that place. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I the, can see that the city's completely different than where you'd probably be living. Like it, like I've got, like I've got friends in Everett. I've got lots of friends in Bremerton and stuff. And so it's not right. quite, not quite the same as being in SeaTac, you know. But yeah, yeah, we live uh, about an hour 
northeast of Seattle. Yeah. So we're right at the edge of the we're, Seattle metro area. Yeah, we're at the base of the Cascade Mountains. Oh, okay. That's I have a friend that I think grew up around that way, and I'm being vague about it because that I don't know if they want me to release their information out there. But <laughs> right. <laughs> Be like, do you have his? Do you have a social security number? Do you have his blood type? You know. <laughs> so anyway, tell us a little bit about your guys' show. Feel free to plug away. I mean, this is an open forum for everybody, and I just like having conversations with people. So yeah. So the show is mainly about um, stuff. <laughs> well, it kind of came about because <laughs> that's really helpful, babe. Um, it kind of came about because since the dawn of our time, we've always been just kind of yakking on each other in the car. We used to go for long drives and mm-hmm. just talk and talk and talk. And I guess one day we kind of had the idea of that we should do it. Well, actually, let me back that up a little bit. He <laughs> had the brainy idea to start a podcast all by himself on some boring thing. I don't know what the hell that was. It was the was. Original Model Project stuff. No, I, it wasn't yes, that, it was. was it? I was going to talk about Original Model Project stuff because we were just really... Oh, it sounded so much boringer than it that. It was. It was so much more boring. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, I put I myself to sleep. Yeah, and I said, I, I, as much as I did not want to do that with him, that was his thing, I just I couldn't bear the thought of him going on by himself. I'm like, this is going to be horrible. And then I kind of got him away from that idea and we said you know what we should talk about current events and our thoughts on them i said that's basically what we've always done for years you know that's what we could do on the show or something and you know that way it's you know news that you know some people have heard and then there's topics that some people haven't heard and then we just give our opinions and argue about it although most of the time we don't really argue no occasionally we do but not often yeah but i'm always yelling at you about your chipping on the words and whatnot <laughs> yeah that's what i do yeah that was an interesting night um i had scheduled my first episode to go live on blog talk radio oh yeah yeah and she came in like two hours before the beginning so what are you going to talk about and she's like no you're not doing that no, <laughs> no. It so was terrible so it, in less than two hours i rebranded and redid the entire show <laughs> uh we do have a little bit of a lightning round of questions that we like to get to just because it's kind of fun just to, you know, throw a couple of questions at people. So uh, you guys have been to our fair state of Utah. We talked about that prior to the interview. Uh, you yes. stayed out here in the, the Logan Tremont area, right? Yep. Did you guys, yeah, ever, go to the, you guys ever go to the cheese factory? <laughs> yes. I think we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the uh, Cash Valley cheese. Yeah, there you go. Amazing. Yeah. yeah they got good yeah. cheese up here. But oh, for yeah. For some reason, our when our show first started out, one of the one of the panelists on the show, she was a uh, fromagier, so she... Uh, uh, she was a cheesemonger, so for some reason we're inexplicably linked to cheese talk. For some reason, I, I don't know why, but it's hilarious. So, um, what's that? I was just saying it's not even Wisconsin. Oh, I no. live there, and they talk about cheese all the time. They're just a bunch of cheesehead stuff. Well, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's great stuff. So, have you guys been an atheist all your life, or did you find your way out later on in life? Or it's kind of a mix. Oh, okay. um, I don't think I don't think I ever really believed. I had bouts of pseudo belief is what i call it you know going to church for the community thing but not really ever really believing yeah, yeah. but your grandfather was a southern baptist it preacher does. so your mom my had parents, to grow up in that and she my, was more rebellious yeah my parents never uh, talked about it right <laughs> yeah yeah right. um the only time we went to church is when we went over and stayed at the grandparents house for the weekend and then we had to go to a church so mm-hmm. a baptist preacher the given of course he was fun to watch <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the greater Southern Baptist orators out there, whenever they just go on their high, their whole uh, fire and brimstone, hellfire oh, yeah. kind of chats and stuff. Yeah, I come from a very uh, foot washing Baptist kind of family, so we're 
deeply Southern Baptist on my side of the family. And so yeah. glad we got to Utah and that kind of just washed away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've looked for videos of him, but I can't find any. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was on TV in, in the local area for years, but there's no videos. I can't find him. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> anyway. No, what about, it, what about it was, you, Amy? It yeah, was, I was say. different. I was raised Catholic. My mother wasn't so religious as the father's side, but, you know, they separated early. It was more because of my neighbors and stuff, and I would go to church and Sunday school with them, and then my mom um, married uh, another Catholic guy, and that's when I wind up having to go to um, Catholic school and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, but the funny thing is, is even during Sunday school, I would ask questions and all they would do is kind of, you know, being a young kid would divert me in another direction and, you know, get me to get off that subject because they wouldn't answer my questions. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, typical, you know, don't ask that question here. Come look at the shiny thing over here. <laughs> um, so and unfortunately, you know, that kind of stuff works on a little kid. But so pretty much my whole life, even though I was going to Catholic school and Sunday school and all that. I just never really bought the whole thing. It just kept, it always had this confusion in the back of my head, I guess, that stuff just didn't make sense. But I figured, you know, I was little, what do I know? Um, but as like a teenager, we didn't do the church thing. I moved around a lot and uh, yeah. um, so kind of stepped away from it for a while. And then when Robert and I got together when we were 19, um, we didn't do, you know, any of the church thing or anything like that. Uh, but we did start looking for, you know, like-minded people because we were really starting to think in the atheist way, but we didn't know, I guess you could say, didn't really know of atheism right. so much. Yeah, we played yeah, around with, like, yeah, we played around with, like, Wicca a little bit. Yeah, we just were, like, <laughs> testing the waters yeah, and looking around. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, you know, we finally landed, what, about 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, we finally landed and said, hey, I think we're actually atheists. <laughs> yeah, that long ago? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I know that when we were in Utah, um, he I, had, I was an open atheist in Utah. No, we were. No, I was open. I just wasn't. No, I, was gonna say, I, we, I just wasn't active. Right. We we knew how we thought. We just didn't know what it was called. I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. And you know, he had lost his job there, and not being a Mormon. Well, guess what? You're not getting a job, so we yeah. wind up having to move. <laughs> and you know, the couple of states that we lived in before we got here to Washington it was the same thing looking for like-minded people and it wasn't really until we got here of course the internet got really popular by then um that you know we found like-minded people and there's so much more of that here right yeah and that's when we figured out hey we're actually atheists oh and we're a humanist yeah. <laughs> so I'm like oh that's what we are <laughs> yeah so yeah. We, we found our little spot uh, <laughs> right I'm, I'm kind of lucky in the regard that I, I have a, a federal job and uh, that ah. like, I, I can be quite open about my atheism and not have to worry about repercussions or anything. I can only imagine how fucking hard it would be to try to get a job and not be Mormon in the state. I mean, I, I've, I've worked for, for different various contractors and stuff for a long time. So, I mean, they, they could if they wanted to be that kind of person where they get rid of you for religious beliefs and not have to worry about it in the state. But luckily, I've never had to roll the dice with like a, a Mormon employer. So thank goodness for that. Yeah. Yeah, I got hired on uh, to come run restaurants out there to a non-Mormon employer. Oh, okay. Right. He was an import, too. Yeah. So, and uh, that's how I got to move to Utah, and then I lost that job, and then no one would hire me. Yeah, two so, years later, yeah. and because, you know, everyone's Mormon there, if you're not part of the group, you're mm -hmm. not going to get a job. Even if you know the secret to... handshake. <laughs> <laughs> right, and wear the right underwear. 
So I guess that leads me into organically into the next question. What's your honest opinion about the LDS church? <laughs> because, oh. you know, this is HQ. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love the way the tabernacle looks. It's really awesome. It's very well made. Very yeah. pretty. It is. Very uh, but, expensive. Uh, but other than that, I think the whole thing's bullshit. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It's more bullshit than the Bible. So Yeah, and it, I, I just love that I have, I have family that are still very much in the church and I want to talk to them sometimes and be like, you know, your whole thing's built on a house of cards that is like built on top of a pit of quicksand, you know, like you would have a better foundation for your religion. If you built it on the same castle that they did in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know, (laughs) where they had to sink the castle underneath the castle to, to provide the the stability for it. And it's just, (laughs) uh, it's like your, your whole, basis of your belief is that you know this book is true therefore our book is true because we also found these plates and it's like oh come on guys yeah i know (sighs) ridiculous yeah the Um, stuff they believe is like well out there when we first lived out uh in part of utah we lived in this little apartment complex for a little while and (laughs) across the street was the uh the missionaries apartment Oh boy! <laughs> where, where the new missionaries that came to Utah would stay for a while. No, man. <laughs> oh, they had damn. a ball with him. Yeah, as soon as they found out that I was an atheist or atheist-like, yeah, I became the training zone. Yep, they would send him <laughs> over to our house to talk with him. Yeah, because if they could talk to him, they could handle any door. I guess they thought pretty much. They they never convinced me for some odd reason. Yeah, lucky enough for me, I, I live in the suburbs, and I I think our house has the giant X on it from the ward that we don't get bothered <laughs> with it so much anymore. Ours um, does now. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, but I do I do get hit up by the J Dubs every once in a while, so that mm-hmm. that's always fun. They're like atheist. I'm like, yeah, atheist, and they're like, huh? Like they've never ran into it before. They're expecting <laughs> Mormon or something, and so. Oh man, that's fun. So, uh, are you guys in Bibers? Do you guys uh, partake? Do you have drinks? Because if, if not, this question doesn't make sense. But <laughs> um, I, I drink ciders occasionally, but that's really about it. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. And Amy will drink some wine occasionally. We're not really heavy drinkers. Oh, I mean, I two, drink wine and hard liquor. Yeah, two two yeah. ciders or two beers, and I'm pretty much done. I'm, yeah, I'm out for we're, we're pretty lightweights on that. Well, yeah. the, the only reason I bring it up is because I like to ask people what their favorite is, uh, if they have one of their favorites. Because I, I also run a, a Facebook group that's a, a beer aficionado group that's uh, always fun to to talk with people because you can you can kind of um, divine a little bit out of people based on like what what their favorite kind of drinks are, you know, and so yeah. I can see that. I mean, if, if you if you have a, somebody on, that you're doing an interview with, their favorite drink is a white trash Russian, you might be able to <laughs> gauge them a little bit differently than someone's like, oh, I drink martinis. <laughs> but not not that important. So uh, I yeah. guess the last, que- last question I have for you guys in the lightning round here is, uh, what is the most like tooth grinding thing that people of faith do around you that you just can't stand? Hmm. <sighs> That's, that puts you on a bit, a bit on the spot. I mean, we've gotten before like the I'll pray for you, you know, the 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 sanctimony is like oh well I, I feel sorry for you then you know that kind of i actually say that to them oh, <laughs> good i feel sorry for them <laughs> really you know we we don't generally get a lot of that out here i get more of that on facebook yeah yeah um you know there's there <sighs> my biggest thing is when they bug me with their stuff yeah when they come do to what my you door. want to do but leave me alone when when they come to my door and mess with my kids that oh, really ticks yeah. me off yeah, don't don't just assume my kid's a Satan worshiper because she's wearing black today. Yeah, yeah, that did happen. Oh, oh and she she had a bunch of drawings of skulls on you know with her. 
because she was into drawing skulls at the time. And we had Mm -hmm. some Jehovah's come to the door and they didn't think we were home. And when my kids, you know, they're on the porch and told her that, you know, my parents aren't home there. I was sitting on the couch just laying, you know, resting and I was listening to it and her octave of her voice got higher. And from what I understand, she got very smiley and she was all excited and just started going off talking, doing all kinds of stuff with my kids when she found out that we weren't home and giving Mm. my kids her personal number, her personal email and just trying to save them. And then one of my twins came up the walkway with drawings of skulls and wearing black and stuff. And she's like, what did she say? Something about, are you, are you doing this because you're, you're angry, you're angry or you're sad or, or, you know, you're basically the parents are making them have to live in a atheist household. Cause we had bumper stickers all over yeah. our cars. You can't miss them. Yeah. So they kind of like had a ball and that really pissed me off because I'm sorry. As an adult, when you have children that are standing on the door and tell you, no, my parents are not home. The first thing as an adult you do is say, okay, I'll come back later. Yeah. You don't stand there and keep talking to children. You don't put your foot really in the door, pissed. you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just, it's kind of hard to describe how giddy she sounded. And it was really, that I think burned me the most. It kind of was really freaky how excited she got that, you know, she had these three teenage girls that, you know, no adults around them in an atheist household. And she can just start trying to save their souls, basically, <laughs> is what she was doing. Yeah. But. Yeah, so that's my biggest pet peeve is when yeah. they pull something like that. Leave me alone. Do what you want, but leave me alone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and especially leave my fucking kids out of it. I hate it when oh. I, I get that from the the mother in law every once in a while. She's like, "Can the girls come with me to church this weekend?" And I'm like, "No, they got better things to do with three hours of their day." <laughs> <laughs> For those Love that are listening we outside of Utah, wanna... don't don't realize that the LDS church runs three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Especially with all the I, meetings I, and everything they have to do. Uh, <laughs> Horrible, yeah. Yeah, I've heard lots of stories. I've I've heard lots of stories from ex Mormons and whatnot because we've had. I've heard stories from groups. I've heard stories from actual Mormons. <laughs> well, that too. Oh, and it's dull, dull, dull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the the preachers that you guys were talking about with the 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 wonderful storytelling and the you're going to hell. No, nothing like that. No. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's yeah. a lot of right hand raising and, you know, people are in certain callings and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's crazy Catholic church. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Less kneeling, though. I went yeah. to a Catholic yeah. oh, service God, one time the in the... Kneeling. <laughs> up, down, up, The kneeling down. is exhausting. Or going to an Italian Catholic wedding, that's exhausting. Oh. <laughs> it's like you're Too getting married kneeling. to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it seems like. Like he's going to be that little buffer in between you guys when you're making love. It's like, oh, you. <laughs> I was just thinking that creepy. <laughs> it's disgusting. But since then, all I have is this kind of dark, empty feeling. And then I realized that's how you must feel all the time. Poor old grandma. You know, I've been getting lots of advice how to deal with you, stand up to you, tell on you. But I kind of realized there's just people like you out there. All over the place. When you're a kid, things seem like they're gonna last forever. But they're not. Life changes. You won't always be around. Someday you're gonna die. Someday pretty soon. And when you're laying in that hospital bed, with tubes up your nose, and that little pain under your butt to pee in, I'll come visit you. I'll come just to show you that, that I'm still alive and I'm still happy. And you'll die. Being nothing but you. 
So Brian Fisher, uh, you know how much we love listening to this guy on the show. Uh, he wants to talk to us about climate change science because he knows so fucking well. Uh, keep in mind, this is the guy that I keep having Twitter debates with about things. And uh, earlier this week, he was talking about how all the snowflakes, you know, all of the rise in people going to see doctors for mental issues, they you know, they just need to be more stoic and everything. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead and shit on those people that are seeking professional help. That's a good thing. Yeah, go ahead and do that. So, yeah, Brian, uh, master of psychology, master of just about everything because he has Jesus. Not to mention he was one of those people that was casting counter spells against the the witches that were casting spells against Trump. Fuck, I don't know. It, it, it all seemed like psychic battling to me. Like, you remember that episode of South Park where Cartman pretended to have psychic powers? Yeah, that one. So it's a whole bunch of people going, nye, 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 wah, 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 wah. Yeah, all that shit. So, Brian Fisher, let's hear what he has to say. Here's a prominent preacher. Saudi preacher, Saudi cleric is the term that they use. He is in Saudi Arabia, a prominent guy, and he is out there declaring that the sun revolves around the earth. Which a Saudi Arabian cleric is in Saudi Arabia. Brian, are you that simple? Are you that thick? I, th I think you're a little bit of both. So, yeah, he wants to talk about how this Saudi cleric is trying to say that the earth revolves. I mean, the sun revolves around the earth. We know that's not right. But, you know, Brian, if, if it was a liberal guy saying this, you'd probably have some sort of thing to say against him. I, I, I'm just going out on a limb here. I would think that you would have something to fight about here. So let's just hear what, what how he's going to tie it together. Of course, is obviously not uh, true. Wow. He says the earth is stationary and it does not move. And it's flat. David Weinberg, senior fellow at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy, says it makes perfect sense for a Saudi cleric to be arguing that the sun revolves around the earth because this is the sort of message they are getting from on high. Now, we just talked about the fact about how liberals are absolutely anti-science. <laughs> yeah, we're the anti-science people. Yeah, good job there. <laughs> Holy shit, I almost called him Alex Jones. Brian Fisher. If you want to talk to somebody that's anti-science, look no further than someone that believes that the Bible is the real thing. Aren't you the same asshole that thought that, you know, dinosaurs were just lizards that lived for a long time under different ox oxygenic, the, your vapor canopy that you were talking about? You're that asshole. You want to find someone that believes in science? Talk to somebody that believes in science, not a Christian. You guys definitely do not have a lock on fucking science. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead and tell me what I believe is a liberal. When it comes to climatology and global warming, this is a trait that they share in common with Islam. No, absolutely not. And besides, if we are wrong about climate change and how humans have an effect on it, what is lost? What's lost? We have a better climate. We use renewable energy. We have cars that are driving around on batteries instead of having fucking fossil fuels. We've made the world a better place for people after us. Dear God, what terrible fucking people we are. No, no, that's okay. Climate change isn't real. Just go ahead and continue burning all that gas. Just go ahead and keep using all that oil and coal and everything. No, that's just fine. No, you know, the permafrost melting and shit like that. Nah, that's okay. That giant Manhattan-sized chunk of ice falling off of Antarctica? No, nah, that's completely normal. That happens all the time. The ocean's, you know, acidity level rising, that's completely normal. 
oxygen levels coming out of the ocean dropping because of plankton dying. No, that's fine. Red blooms, algae blooms, and and fresh waters and shit. Yes, completely fine there, Brian. That's God's work. He's doing great work there. Our leaders on the left are almost as unscientific, almost as anti-science, as the leaders of the movement of Islam. That's just ignorant, man. The fuck you think you're saying there? How? I don't even know how you can conflate the two things. Uh, we're not even close. Not even close. I've said it earlier. You want somebody that doesn't believe in science, find a religious person. I had somebody on the YouTube channel come up to us and say, uh, yeah, you guys are just evolutionists. You don't, you don't believe in science. What? And then they come down to find out they were conflating, you know, abiogenesis and evolution. Great job. You guys can't even get the fucking theories right. Good on you. I'll, I'll take those lickings there, Brian Fisher. You just keep doing what you do and just keep spouting off of the mouth with all your diarrhea. A little boy has like a thousand freckles and everybody's all, ooh, like there's goobers on his bod. I'm done listening. <laughs> you know, Ted's always kind of freaky. He eats hair, human hair. He's the first one to say, let's go out and eat hair. It's wonderful now and again. See? Mm, hair. I haven't had a chance to bag on Ted Cruz in a long time. But luckily, now that we had CPAC this last week, uh, we're going to get a chance to talk about the no-bones, human suit skin wearing fucking alien. This guy's just not human. He talks completely through his nose. If you were to block his nose, it would sound like this. But no, he, he is just not human at all. Remember when he had, you know, some sort of integrity and he wasn't going to vote for the guy that shit talk his wife and him? Nah, that went right out the window as soon as he was the the guy that was the, when Trump was the one that was winning the fucking GOP. I just love how these people can't stand up for themselves at all. You have Chris Christie that can't even fucking stand up to himself whenever Trump is saying, "Oh, you're gonna have the meatloaf." He's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and do that." Cruz, you're just about as bad. Let's hear what you have to say. The Democrats right now are living in an alternative universe. <laughs> I- <laughs> you're so funny, Ted. No, we're not living in an alternate reality. We're living in the reality. And the fact is, we got fucking hornswoggled. We got, that fucking election was wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Trump is president. How's that worked out for us? I'll I'll go ahead and wait. How's that working out for us? What good thing has he done? Oh, that's right. Nothing. Well, We have him in office and we are resisting because he's turning America back into a fucking fascistic country. I say back into because, you know, Andrew Jackson was pretty goddamn bad. We didn't have as much, you know, foreign relations at the time when we weren't meddling in the Middle East like we were. But let's let Ted, you know, dig his hole a little bit more. We're not living in alternate reality. We're living in a reality. You guys are the ones that are fucking burying your head in the sand about this shit. Good job, CPAC. The week after the election, I was back at the Capitol, was in an elevator at the Capitol with a well-known liberal Democrat. Are you going to give his name? I don't think you are. You're just going to say a well-known liberal Democrat. Yeah, let's go ahead. Who was simply staring ahead in this complete stupor. 
And that hadn't changed. <laughs> yes, because we're all stupid. We, we just look ahead in the stupor. Yeah, we can't believe that the orange one, number 45 fucking won. We can't believe that he's still twittering at fucking 5 a.m. taking his morning shit. We can't believe that your guys' White House and all the other agencies are leaking information out in the, in the way that you are. We can't believe that Jeff Sessions got brought on to be attorney general. We can't believe a lot of this stuff. We have to. And we keep facing it every day and we keep fighting it. Yeah, we're a bit stupefied because our job just got that much fucking harder to bring America into the 21st fucking century. They all look like that. And, and, and they are in denial. No. And they're angry. I mean, you and I were Yo, talking fuck about yes, I'm angry. before this. The anger on the left, I've never seen anything like mm -mm. this. I mean, and we're going to roll right the fuck over you, Ted. You're going to be out of office so goddamn fast your head will spin. They're right now opposing everything. Democrats in the Senate are filibustering absolutely everything. This is the longest we've been. The cabinet is still not confirmed. Trump has not nominated 90% of his cabinet. And the other ones have been getting confirmed. They're getting confirmed a lot fucking faster than they did underneath Obama. You guys are quick to bring up Obama. We're going to bring up Obama. You guys treated him like shit. He was gridlocked from like the moment that the, the when the, God, what was it? Two, 2000, 2010, after all the seats and from the Senate and the House started leaving. Gridlock. And you guys are the ones that are saying, oh, they keep, they keep playing all these mean games. They're not letting Trump get away with anything. Yeah, you guys showed us exactly the roadmap on how to do that. This is the longest we've been since George Washington without confirming a cabinet. Bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. But that's okay. You're in front of CPAC. Go ahead and make up your own fucking stories. Tell your president, not mine, your president, to nominate his fucking cabinet. He's got a lot more seats to deal with than just, you know, the 10 or 11 that he's put out there. Wait, no, I think it's like 30. But he still has like 400 seats to put out there. They're filibustering everything. We voted a couple of weeks ago on approving the journal. Now, Mark, I'm going to confess, I have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> then maybe you should Google it. But just a wild guess there. If you don't know how to do your job or you don't know what your job entails, Google usually has the answer for you. I mean, I found lots of code on Google that helps me out quite a bit, you know, Stack Exchange and all that fun stuff. I've never vote. I voted yes. I hope yes was the right <laughs> vote. So you don't even know what the fuck you voted for. Good job, Ted. That's how you should do things. Fucking idiots. Approving the journal is the most mundane procedural step. It is always done by unanimous consent. I didn't know we did that until they objected to it and said, no, you got to have a full Senate vote. Everyone come down to approve the journal. What that means, if this continues and from, from the left, their base, there's a technical term for their base. Musk. Oh, oh I, I shouldn't have stepped on him there because I did hear this one earlier today. Wait till you hear what he says here. Base. Moscow. The name for our base is Moscow. Isn't that fucking hilarious that CPAC is thinking that we're the ones that are owned by Moscow? Isn't that hilarious? They're projecting quite a bit, are they not? Because Trump is owned by Putin. We know this. Adam Kahn has put together a fucking roadmap. Any, any journalist can follow that and nail this asshole to the wall. 
The problem is we're facing pushback from the party. Not from individuals, but the party. The GOP is not going to investigate their own, and it's going to be a fucking uphill battle to get this shit taken care of. I was going a different direction, which was bat crap crazy. <laughs> oh, good for you, Ted. You can't say a cuss word. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're at CPAC. You don't dare say anything, you know, risque. You can't possibly say bat shit. But I'm a podcaster. I get to say whatever the fuck I want. Bat shit crazy. You know who's bat shit crazy? Trump supporters. That's who your bat shit crazy people are. God damn it. Ted, go the fuck away, man. Seriously, you're the guy that said God chose you to be the white, the guy that's going to be in the White House. That didn't happen, did it? You had your barely English-speaking dad, you know, the Zodiac Killer. Oh, wait, no, it's you that's a Zodiac Killer. It was your dad that was involved with the JFK thing. And I'm being facetious. I don't really believe that. It's just funny to bring up. Ted Cruz, go the fuck away, man. Cursing is a sign of ignorance. Oh, f Griff! Ouch. Please! Whoa. There's no place for cursing in a civilized society, all right? Yeah. I'm telling you this because I, uh, I'm a coach. I know. You're just a kid. Yeah. You can't go around cursing now. Yeah. It will end up ruining you when you get older. Right. But do you think... What uh, the f*** was that, ref? Oh. Are you taking a... Is that what you're doing or are you making a call? Because if you can make a call, you make a call. But don't take a out there. That's taking a... That's taking a in my mouth. And I don't want to eat your... You up head. Wow. Unless, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. Unless you know how to do it right. What do you do? Obviously. Yeah, my ears are still ringing. Yeah, it's called creative use of words. Right. It's like poetry. Yeah. Like Robert Frost. Right. Stopping by the woods. Right. On a snowy f***ing evening. I think we had Dave Dobbenmeyer on last week for one of our clips, and we've got him again tonight because he... I'll let the clip speak for itself, but I, I can't believe some of the shit that he says in this thing. And what's really funny is that, like, right off the bat, he says something just to get the attention of people like me and people like Rat Wing Watch. Just wait and hear what this fucking asshole has to say. Dare I say it? Lesbians recruit. You go to your local... My two daughters, our two daughters, played college softball. Played so they're lesbians, right? Is that the joke you're trying to make? I mean... Why don't you just go ahead and say they drive Subarus and have ferrets for pets? Why, why don't, is, that, is that stuff that you're, that you're trying to try to bring up? They, like they wear Birkenstocks and flannel? The fuck world are you living in, man? 1990s Daria world where, you know, everybody can be sp spotted from across the way with, you know, whatever outfit they're wearing makes them whatever sexuality they may be. Oh, he's got his ear pierced on the right side, but not the left side. That means he's gay. No, and playing softball doesn't make you a fucking lesbian, you ignorant piece of shit. College softball. One played at Hillsdale College. Good for the you. The other played at Marietta College. They Good were both for accomplished you. players. Good for you. And every time I go to the ball games, I kept an eye on my daughters to see if they'd taken the homo bait yet. The homo bait. He really just said that. Yes. He had to keep an eye on his daughters because, you know, they're in college. They're not possibly of an age enough where they can make their own fucking decisions. And you know what, Dave? If they were gay, they would have been gay a lot longer ago than just being in college. The fact that they were in college meant that hopefully they were away from your watchful fucking eye, you asshole. There's no other word for it. That underneath your fucking screwed thumbs of being a dickish dad where you're like, Ain't nobody seeing my kid unless they approve with Jesus. And 
I grew up around your kind. I fucking hated every minute of it. There you go, right wing watch. To see if they've been ta- they've taken the homo bait yet. What is the homo bait? What would what would homo bait look like? <sighs> would it be like skincare products for you know metrosexual guys? Would it be like I said, a, a pair of Birkenstocks? Would it be what would gay? What would homo bait be? I don't know, man. You could put a a play dude magazine out there and see who would take the bite with that one. But I don't. I mean. I don't know what what is even homo bait. Let's see if he actually expands on this. And they hadn't. They didn't have to. Because they weren't cropped haired wide bottom girl. They're pretty girls. Oh man. Are you telling me fat bottom girls make the rockin' world go round? Unless you're a man and then they don't, because you know, how dare you? Did you really just shit on, you know, women that are uh, stockier than you would like them to be? Boy, you are a sexist, racist piece of shit. That has nothing to do with the racism, but the racism has come out before. But fucking hell, man, you are sexist and you're homophobic. Jesus Christ. Godly women. They didn't take the bait. <laughs> I'm telling mommies right now who are watching this show right now. Daddies, you listen to me. Fuck you. If your daughters are good athletes you better cover them in prayer because prayer kind of leaves a sticky film and i don't think my kids would approve of that no seriously i I told one of my kids about the creation myth today and she's like (laughs) yeah he he made everything in six days and he needed a break i was like absolutely you're you're so totally right there i don't believe it either but you go ahead and keep thinking what you want to think the recruiting that goes on, the pressure that goes on to be one of the girls. Look, Dave. Is enormous pressure. Listen. Look, man. Just because maybe she went down on a girl doesn't mean she's necessarily gay. Doesn't make her a lesbian. Everybody's a little bit bi, in my opinion. You <laughs> know. Maybe they're in college and they're doing like Chef said. They did some experimentation. Don't fucking like put people into corners like that, man. It's like maybe the women are sexy. I don't give a fuck what they look like. I've said on the show multiple times. I, the women get don't have a zero to ten with me. They have a go no go, and ninety nine percent of the time it's go because women are fun. Boobies are great. Everything's great. I don't know what the fuck this guy has a problem with. So some other lady wanted to lick someone else's schliz. Who cares? Some dude wants to. Go down on someone else's yummy sausage. Fine. By by all means, go for it. Doesn't have anything to fucking do with homo bait and athletics. He's fucking ignorant son of a bitch. Two men laying in bed having sex. Huh? It ain't equal with my wife and I and the covenant of marriage. It, it is equal because I heard your wife likes anal and guys like anal. So I don't see any difference there. If she sucks your dick, he sucks your dick. Doesn't matter. If you're not returning the favor, you're a greedy piece of shit. But, you know, yeah, go suck your wife's dick, Diane Dave. It ain't equal. Do you understand, folks? It ain't, that ain't equal. That ain't equal. That. Why does it have to be equal? Why, why do you think that they want your God covenant fucking marriage bullshit? They just want the same equal rights that you have. It ain't equal. It ain't equal. Mm, how dare they say that my marriage is less than theirs? They're not saying that, man. They're saying that their 
them being married gives them the exact same rights as you guys being married. No more, no less. Not like they're asking for a Jesus ceremony. Not like they're asking for, you know, God to affirm their marriage. Some people might. And hopefully there are religious ceremonies for them to be accommodated with. But if not, you know, fucking skin off my back. Why would you want to bring Jesus into it? Why would you want that random third party in your fucking marriage? It's bullshit. That ain't it. Yeah, I'm just saying it four times so the Daily Coast can pick it up clearly. That ain't equal. It is equal. Because if two men having sex is equal, then sooner it'll be a man and a dog having sex. Oh, don't go, don't go Puritan on me. No, animals can't give consent, Dave. What does your fucking kind not being able to understand this shit have to do with it? They cannot give consent. They are equal because your wife gives consent for you to fuck her, and I don't know why. Your kids give consent to whoever they want to have sex with as long as they're adults. If they're minors, that's a completely different game. Usually the other people are minors too. If it's an adult, I have problems with that. Milo Yiannopoulos lost his fucking position at everything because he didn't see a problem with it. I see a problem with it. I'm going to see a problem with it for a long fucking time. There'll be a man and four men, and that'll be equal, and everything will be equal. Look, man, if those four men are adults and that one dude wants to run the train, by all means, as long as they're entering into it with a fucking consensual relationship, that's what your problem is. It's like you don't seem to understand the idea of consent. You're the same people that, like here in Utah, had a problem with the fact that the guy couldn't fuck his wife when she was unconscious. That's rape, dude. Do you not understand that? Oh, she's my wife. She's my property. No, no, no. She does not give consent unless you ask for it or you got it beforehand. You don't just get to wake her up with your dick in her and be like, oh, sorry, did that wake you up? No, that's fucking wrong, man. God damn it. And everything's equal because I'll tell you why the church and the leaders in our churches, they don't believe a daggone thing anymore. They don't stand for nothing anymore. Then why are you with those churches? Why why do you still consider yourself a Christian? If that's it sounds like you guys are going off a deep end here instead of, you know, going with, you know, loving other people. From my understanding, your Jesus guy was pretty hip about a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't get me wrong, I have no love for the fucking character. But your guys' interpretation of them is completely different from what I've seen from other people. And we're going to have to reach the point where we are going to decide, are we on God's side or are we not on God's side? And we're not going to be able to take the rules of God and change them to fit the society in which we live. Your God was invented over 2,000 years ago. I'm sure you guys have changed quite a bit since then. Uh, Women are allowed to teach. I'm sure you don't like that. Uh, there's a lot of rules that have changed since then. You know, you can wear blended fabrics, you can eat shellfish, you can eat pork. Uh, I'm sure Dave Dobbenmeyer likes his fucking bacon. Does he not? It says there in fucking, what is it? Is it Deuteronomy? or Man, I don't know what the fucking book is, but it's the same one. Not Deuteronomy. Fuck, I don't know what it is. Episiotomy 2013. You know, the one where it says you can't have sex with another man. You know, it's the same book where they give you all the other fucking commandments. Yes, and I know it's not episiotomy. I'm just being funny. God. <laughs> we cannot say times have changed. Therefore, those old laws don't apply anymore. We cannot do that. And we just read about it in Titus. You better figure out which side you're on and what it is that you're going to believe because we are in a war. Here you go, Daily Coast. 
And the homosexual agenda is out to recruit your grandchild. I hope they do, because it's one less having to worry about my kid getting pregnant. There you go, Dave. That's a very big fucking plus for having a gay kid, is you don't have to worry about them getting pregnant when they're a teenager. How about that one? Is that okay with you? No, you want your kid to get pregnant. You want them to be miserable and have their life fucking ruined. Both me and my wife waited until later in our lives to have kids because we realized once it happened, like Bill Paxton, game over, man. Game over. Love him to death, but we realized that our life is not our own anymore. So I hope everybody gets that message out there is that Dave Dovenmeyer is a fucking idiot and he's an asshole. Nobody should listen to him. And he's really, really worried about what other people are doing in their beds together when they're married. All right, that brings an end to the feature segment. Uh, Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on Friday's patron show, even though the content there is about six months old. It's still worth hearing. Uh, Those people who count themselves as one of our patrons are lucky as they've already heard the episode, while the rest of you have to check back in sometime in September. However, if you wish to support the work that we do each week, make sure you go to patreon.com slash Outcasts and donate at a level you feel comfy with. Uh, At the $3 level, we give you a lot of stuff. $1 level, you get the episode every week. And so on and so forth. There's lots of them out there. So many, many, many thanks go to our sustaining patrons, Dan Ellis, Luis Cruz, Jeff Linville, Mike Bowman, and Danny Lopez for all the help and love they shared with us. And a little extra goes to Marissa McCool. Thanks, everyone. Remember, we don't only credit people for sending the show some of their income. Uh, We give shout outs to anybody who gives us a review on iTunes, which we had a new one, but they, they didn't leave a text message or anything out there. So I can't really give them proper credit. I would love to. or if you give us a subscribe on YouTube, like we had tonight with, uh, let's see, we had a couple of new people subscribe. We have Zachary Richard uh, subscribe to us, Sun Chief One, and Jungle Jar- Jargon. It's hard to say. God damn, I can't talk tonight. Uh, let's see. It really does help us a ton, and we're sure to give you lots of your due praise. So uh, a final thanks to Jeff for joining me on the one section of the feature segment tonight. And we'll catch you on Friday with our older patron show. And again on Monday with a brand new spanking episode full of current events. Until then, everyone, you're welcome.
there are so many. I'm, I'm going to keep this list because there are so many other, so many other terrible ones here. It's like, did you know that? Can you believe that ZCMI was the word, the America's first department store? Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? Utah has the, <laughs> is the is the largest consumer of ice cream. I mean, like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> God damn it, Mormons! <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> it's just sad. So completely sad. Alpha male. Alpha male. And alpha female. <laughs> I'm the dominant one. <laughs> Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no town like a cowboy town. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's. Ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen. World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future. And even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org chosen.